Okay, so tell me if you have ever experienced this. Do you ever get stuck as to what your protagonist, your hero, or your heroine should do or how um, they should act or what should happen in the story? And understand, this could be from event to event, um, in any act of the story, any of the three or four acts uh, overall or in the climactic moment. Even though you feel like you know your character pretty well, you still just get stuck and are not sure what to do next. Um, well, today what I'm going to talk about is that it can actually help a lot to understand archetypes and understanding them and thinking about how you could, you know, utilize them in a more heavy-handed way in your story actually can really help when it comes to getting unstuck. So that's what I'm going to talk about today, specifically the hero archetype, what it is, what it means, and how it can help you when you are trying to fill in those gaps in your story. So stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. Okay, so we're going to start talking about archetypes a little bit, and I'm going to do a series of these on different types of archetypes. They're not all going to be in order. I'm going to do them over the next several months, just every so often. Um, I think people tend to think of archetypes as kind of boring, but I think they're fascinating, and I think they're really fun to talk about in terms of story structure and, more importantly, in terms of what stories mean in terms of connection to human beings and to your readers. So last week I talked about um, soul stories. And if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that and about how on the one hand, only you can write the story that is knocking around in your head because it's going to come from your own experiences, your own, you know, the way that you've lived, your beliefs, your traumas, your joys, all of that is going to go in to the way that you write your story. But I also talked about how we need to follow the human template for storytelling because what that really is, is following a template of transformational um, psychology for human beings. And that's why if we stick to that, readers will automatically uh, connect with your story because we all understand that on a subconscious level because that is the story of our lives is constantly trying to figure things out, overcome things. Okay, so this is kind of an extension of that, but we're going to be gearing it directly toward your hero or heroine, your protagonist, basically. Okay, so once again, do you have this experience sometimes where you just hit walls and it doesn't matter how much you think you know your story or your character or where it's going, you still just keep getting stuck. Now, what I'm going to say might sound a little bit harsh and I really don't mean it to be, but it's just it's just a simple fact that we need to accept and that is that if you really don't know what happens next, if you really don't know what choice your um, character would make in this situation, 
the sad truth is that that happens because you do not understand the nature of the thing well enough, okay? So you do not know your character well enough yet to be able to write them correctly. Or if it really is more of a plot thing, you do not understand the story you're telling entirely, which probably means that you don't understand your overall theme. Now, again, I know that sounds a little harsh and maybe people don't want to hear that, but it's okay. It's not a bad thing. It just means that we need to go back to the drawing board and get to know our character a little bit better or figure out our story a little bit more. Because once we have it figured out, once we know exactly where we're going with it, um, what the transformation is, what the climactic moment is going to look like, there's nothing that you can't figure out, okay? You, you should be able to, even if you get stuck and have to think about it for a minute, you know, of course that's going to happen, but you should be able to work through it relatively easily. And if you truly don't know, then you're missing some piece of information that you need in order to tell your story effectively, okay? So let's talk about the hero archetype and how that can help you get unstuck if you are, you know, if you've got a little bit of block as to your story. Um, and understand, of course, when I say hero, it can mean male or female, right? Hero or heroine, but I might just call it hero from because that is what the archetype is. Because we're not really talking about something that is gender specific, right? Um, most people think about their hero or their heroine as simply the main character. And of course, they are the main character, they are the protagonist, and they are the reader's window into the story because we're getting the story from their perspective, right? And it is most um, mainly about them, but they're a lot more than that too. The great thing about archetypes is that they give us the psychological function of a particular type of character in the story. So in terms of the hero or heroine, basically the main character or the protagonist represents our search for identity or wholeness. So again, in terms of this, you know, stories represent all of us on a spiritual journey, we're constantly looking for something, right? And that's what your character is doing. They are looking for something they don't have that they need to make them whole or complete. Now, of course, this can be like their other half in terms of romance which is why so many stories are either about romance or, you know, have romance as a subplot along the way, because that is a very big part of what we are all looking for, which is um, companionship, right? But it doesn't have to be that that the character's looking for, at least that doesn't have to be the chief thing that they're looking for, just depending on what kind of story you're telling. Very often, they're looking for um, their calling or their destiny or something that they are meant to do or meant to know or meant to understand. And so, Basically, when you're thinking about your character at the beginning of the story, you have to understand that they are missing something, whatever it is, that they need to be whole, right? And the story is going to be their journey to, that they go on to search for that. And this is going to be something that they either need to accomplish or something that they need in order to be either spiritually or psychologically whole. Now, this is something that you guys already know and will recognize, and that is that the character usually doesn't realize that they need this thing that they're going to go on a search for at the beginning of the story, okay? They're usually pretty cozy in their life or in their world, and of course, this isn't true across the board. It's going to depend on the story, but very often they are, and that's where we get the idea of the reluctant hero heroine or hero because we kind of have to kick them out of their comfort zone in order for them to grow and to go on this journey to find what they ultimately need and that they don't realize that they need. So one way that we sometimes hear this discussed in, you know, the fiction world is we talk about what the character wants versus what the character needs. And those two things are usually at odds. Um, so Frodo wants to stay in the Shire where he's comfortable, but what he really needs to do is um, leave and help 
save Middle-earth from Sauron, right? But he doesn't realize that at first, and it's not something that anybody can really tell him. This is just more of we, as the crafters of the story who can see the beginning and the end, know this, but the character does not, and really nobody in the story typically does, okay? So that's one thing to keep in mind, that their function is searching for identity or wholeness, okay? And that represents us, psychologically, as human beings, also searching for the same thing. And that is why when you have a character going on a journey, when you have the call to adventure, when you have them leaving their known world for an unknown world, we all really identify with that and we want to see what's going to happen because, especially on a subconscious or spiritual level, we understand that that's pretty much what we do our whole lives when we embark on anything new or try to learn anything new or try to learn a new skill or a new habit or anything like that. It, it always feels that way. So it immediately gets our attention, okay? But I think the biggest thing that I want to bring across today is that the number one um, attribute, I guess, of the hero or heroine is sacrifice. Okay, if you had one word to describe your main character, it needs to be sacrifice. And the reason is that, once again, this is a story about them changing or gaining something that they're searching for. But in the end, the real, I don't know, the real criteria for it to be a transformational story is that there has to be sacrifice. Um, now, the word sacrifice means to make holy. And at some point, your hero has to have a confrontation with death. Now, understand this doesn't have to be literal death. It very often is, and it can be. And when it is, it's just because there is a literal representation of this death in the story. But it doesn't have to be. I mean, if we're talking romance, then not achieving the romance with the person that they are in love with would be a romantic death. If we're talking about something like professional death, they're going to lose all of their money and be a pauper. You know, that would be a type of death. Um, you can talk about like reputational death, right? There's a lot of different things that could be considered death stakes. That's what we call them. Um, and it, it really has to go, it has to do most with what they're trying to achieve. So their confrontation with death is going to be a matter of, are they going to achieve their heart's desire or not? And when I say heart's desire, it's whatever it is they're looking for. Okay. So understand that I'm speaking very broadly here. If their desire is to take the ring to Mordor, then that is that is their desire. And Frodo comes face to face with death many times. It isn't always his literal death, but it's his failure that he's coming face to face with, right? And that's really what we mean by death stakes. It can be a physical, literal death, but really it's failure to attain the thing that they set out to attain, whatever that is in the story. And we often sometimes call, call this or hear this called a shamanic death. Um, the root of that word is like shaman, right? And it just means almost like a spiritual death or an emotional death or even just a symbolic death because we had to let go of something we really, really wanted. Even if that, you know, maybe we need, to, it's a good thing to let it go because it means we're going to grow and progress to a higher level of transcendence, but it still feels like a death because we still have to let go of what we once were in order to achieve that. Okay. And so that's kind of what we're talking about with the character here. There's going to be some sacrifice involved. This can be anything. This can be trauma. This can be um, the death of another character who they cared about, right? Um, we, we a lot of times see... Um, supporting characters who are killed off and it's super tragic. But it can also just be them losing some part of who they were, losing innocence. A loss of innocence is a big one in literature. Things like that. Okay, so but you you have to understand that heroes will always be self-sacrificial. And that is part of the function of the hero or heroine, the protagonist in the story. And if they don't have that, it's not going to be a terribly effective story. Now, there is one other part to this that I really, really want to 
emphasize because I don't actually hear this particular part of it being taught very often. And I think it's super important. Now I am taking some of this from Vogler. You know, he's one of my favorites. And I'm just going to read what he says in this part because he, um, this is from his book, The Writer's Journey. And he says it much better than I could. He says, true heroism is shown in stories when heroes, and that means the archetype, offer themselves on an altar of chance, willing to take the risk that their quest for adventure may lead to danger, loss, or death. So um, what I want to emphasize there is the altar of chance. And this is the thing that I just don't think we emphasize or talk about enough. And there's really two different ways you could think about this. The first time they offer themselves on an altar of chance is when they first leave on their call to adventure, right? Because they don't want to leave. Most often we have the reluctance of some kind. Um, Very often there's danger involved and maybe they don't know exactly what's going to happen, but there's been some sort of herald of danger going on. And it is a big chance for them. You know, Frodo doesn't know what's outside the Shire and Moana doesn't know what's going to happen if she gets on the ocean. You know, these are, these are things that are chance and they have absolutely no guarantee that they're going to succeed and actually quite a bit of evidence that it's going to be dangerous and they may not succeed. Okay. But they're still going to do it because usually they're being self-sacrificial. They're putting themselves not first, but the, the welfare of other people or other places, their homes, their families, whatever the case may be ahead of themselves. So you can see that they're being self-sacrificial, but there also has to be an element of chance as in they might not succeed. Now, the second time that they Um, and in a much bigger, often more tangible way, offer themselves on an altar of chance is in the climactic moment, right? And this is where they get their chance to be the most sacrificial. Because we know, for example, in the 10 plot points, which if you don't have that PDF, you can get it for free. I've got it linked up in the show notes at bit.ly forward slash 10 plot, right? But in the climactic moment, we have them facing off with whoever the villain or antagonist is. And then they have this moment that I call uber despair. You'll also hear it called dark night of the soul. And there's about 10 different terms for it. But it just means they have a moment when they really don't think they're going to succeed, right? And then they get some sort of aha moment. And for most stories, they do end up succeeding at the end. And those are just the happy ending stories. Now, of course, that would not be true if you're writing um, a negative character arc or um, some sort of cautionary tale that's tragic where they don't succeed. You know, that would be different. But um, for the majority of stories, we do have a happy ending where they succeed. And this could be, again, remember that this goes for any genre. This could be them uh, somehow overcoming the bad guy. It could be them finally... Um, finding the romance and companionship they've always wanted. Um, It could be a historical thing. I mean, anything, right? But whatever the case is, there's a moment when they don't think that they are going to get what they have desired and been trying to find the entire story or trying to attain, right? And this is where they become self-sacrificial. And this is where it's kind of the, um, the internal part of the arc that you're dealing with here, where... They are either going to sacrifice their own happiness, their own life in some way, um, you know, what they wanted in service of something greater. And very often that leads to them getting what they wanted to begin with. But not always. Sometimes the character does die or does not get what they want, but they were still self-sacrificial. And the point is they're going to go into that, um, sacrificing that, sacrificing themselves or what they wanted. Not only do they not have any guarantee that it's going to work out, but they're kind of assuming that it won't at that point, right? So I keep going back to Frodo. Um, when he is on the banks at the end of the um, Fellowship of the Ring video movie, 
he is going to Mordor by himself. And that is pretty much the worst thing he can think of. He doesn't want to be by himself. He doesn't want to be alone. He doesn't want to have to do this at all. But he decides to do it because he remembers Gandalf's words and he's being self-sacrificial and doing the thing that is hard for him so that he can save Middle-earth and the Shire and everything else. And then because of that, he is actually given some companionship when Samwise shows up and goes with him, okay? So he is being self-sacrificial. He doesn't know if it's going to work out. And of course, we could extend that to the end of the series. He certainly doesn't know that he's going to succeed in throwing this ring into the into Mordor, right? Um, but he's going to do it anyway, and he's going to be self-sacrificial. But it is on the altar of chance. They're offering themselves up on the altar of chance because they have absolutely no guarantee that it's going to work. And I would take it a step further and say they have a lot of evidence that it's not going to. But it is still for the greater good, and it is still worth it for them to sacrifice themselves in service of something greater than themselves. And that is what they do. Okay, so you've got to understand that about your hero. Um Vogler also says heroes are symbols of the soul in transformation and the journey each person takes in life or through life. So again, this is why I use this psychological template to teach stories, because we can certainly put um, psychological triggers in there to get readers involved. And that is more, you know, just the drama and the adrenaline and getting them curious about certain situations. And I am all for doing that. You know, I teach that as well. But there's a difference between the kind of story that is full of drama on the surface, but doesn't have a whole lot going on underneath. That's kind of like I talked several weeks ago about um, uh, soap opera type shows, right? Daytime soaps. There's a reason they're addictive, you know, because they, they do know how to create a conflict and draw someone in. But those conflicts are so superficial. It doesn't leave a lasting impression on the audience. And if you really want to touch the soul of your audience and connect with them on a very human level, we got to go deeper than that. Okay. And so if we can use psychology, you know, the human template for storytelling really is about transformational human psychology. And if we can use that to understand our stories and our characters, that's going to connect with our readers on so much a deeper level and keep them coming back to us again and again. So why am I telling you all of this? (laughs) It's interesting. And I'm a geek about it. But is there more than that? Yes, there is. Anytime that you are stuck, and you don't really know what your character should do in this case. Maybe you're having a hard time getting them to that climactic moment. Maybe you're having a hard time figuring out the ending and the climactic moment. I want you to come back to the definition of the hero archetype. Your main character, whether male or female, ask yourself these questions about them. What is the hero or heroine working toward that will make him or her whole? Okay, what are they searching for? Whatever they are after, I mean, that is the basic crux of your story. That is the basic outline of your story. And everything should point to them being on a journey to find that thing, whatever it is. So that's one, you know, maybe that will help give you some direction in scenes when you feel like you're kind of not really sure where you're going with something. Um, Next question, what will they sacrifice or how will they be sacrificial on the altar of chance? Okay, how have they done that so far in the story? How will they do that in the climactic moment? What is it that they are going to give up or at least be willing to give up um, in order to achieve something else for the greater good? If you can figure that out, guys, especially in the climactic moment, you have your story. You have your theme. Okay, that that really is very, very hand in hand with what your theme should be. Okay, because this 
is what a hero archetype does. They are on a journey of change. They're looking for something that will make them whole, that will make them sort of transcend to a higher level of existence, because sometimes it's just something they didn't know before or didn't understand before. And they have to be willing to sacrifice some part of themselves in order to get it. Now, very often, like I said, they don't have to actually go through with the sacrifice. Maybe they're willing to, but then something comes out because they were willing to do the sacrifice. And as it turns out, they don't have to. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of this now. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess we could go back to Frodo. He was willing to give up his life um, to get the ring destroyed so that he could save the Shire, but he didn't have to. At the very, very end of the third movie, remember him and Sam pretty much thought they were dead because they were surrounded by lava. They had no way out. And so he has that really famous line that Tolkien wrote about being with Sam at the end of all things that tells you that he, he believes he's dead and that he died doing this. But um, because of the way everything went, you know, Gandalf ends up being able to come in and save him with the eagles. So he doesn't have to die. That's what I mean. They have to be willing to do it, but very often something happens so that... Um, the sacrifice isn't necessary, but the willingness for it, at the very least, has to be there. But then you get other things like, um, <laughs> I'm going to make a joke out of this, pretty much every DiCaprio movie ever made, where he really does die at the end, you know, and that, that could be the case too. <coughs> Excuse me. And that creates sadness and melancholy, but it still tends to be a very satisfying story because we see that he was sacrificial and something greater than him lived or went on or whatever the case may be, right? Um, so yeah, I... I love talking about archetypes and I, I have so much fun thinking about them and writing them. And I think if you work with them purposely to put them into your story, it can only enhance your story. It can only make your story better. And as I said at the beginning, it can also um, help you get through some of those sticky areas where you're not entirely sure what direction you should be going in. Think about the archetype. Think about from a very broad view, eagle's eye view, what your character should be doing, what they should be trying to accomplish, and what their function in the story is. And if you do that, it'll make things a lot easier, and it'll make your stories a lot more satisfying and more cathartic for your readers, which is what we're going for, right? We're trying to punch them in the feels and make them really feel something. So um, that is what I have for you today. I would love it if you guys would let me know what you think about this. Who are your favorite archetypes to talk about. If you have one that you want me to talk about, let me know, and I'm happy to do an episode on it. So I keep meaning to say that I um, I have two Instagram accounts right now, but one of them eventually is going to be shut down. So the one that I have is got the same name as my podcast, but that one I'm having some technical difficulties with. Specifically, I'm having a hard time getting it to connect to Facebook, and that's a problem for me, especially for running ads. So I started a new one, um, that it's called Six Figure Storyteller. So that's with the number six and then the word spelled out, Figure Storyteller. And I will put it in the show notes if you want to follow me there. But um, my point is, if you want to uh, send me a DM on Instagram, use that account. That's the one I will be checking, Six Figure Storyteller. And let me know what you thought of this episode and if there's a particular archetype you want me to talk about or any aspect of it that you would like me to expound on, anything like that, I'd be happy to do it, okay? So I hope this was helpful and that it helps you figure out your stories and your heroes and heroines in their journeys toward transcendence. All right, everyone have a fantastic week of writing and I will be back next week, same time, same place. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you? in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. 
Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.